Romans chapter 1, verse 20. I'm going to use a couple terms tonight. Abby asked me what I was going to be preaching about before church. And I told her, I said, I'm going to talk about reprobates. And she said, I don't know what that is. And uh, I said, I'm talking about reprobates. I said, well, before the service is over tonight, you should know what they are. And all, not just reprobates, but sons of... You hear it pronounced Belial, Belial... Um, not real sure. Uh, I was looking up the definition, so I think you pronounce it Belial. I'll call it that. So if that's wrong, don't laugh at me. And just uh, it's not a, not a term that we use that often. However, it's a term that we see a lot throughout the Bible. And one of the things that you know, I guess maybe it's just the way my mind works. But you know, I'm, when I was a kid, I always liked taking things apart. I I just I was fascinated with it. Only thing I never could put anything back together, and so. But sometimes, if there was, I remember there was an old tape recorder that we had that didn't work, and I asked Dad if I could take it apart, and I took it apart, and I was all excited because it had this big magnet in it, and I love, I was fascinated with magnets when I was a kid. Um, you know, in cartoons they always had them horseshoe magnets. I always wanted those when I was a kid, and I never got one. I never got one. It's one of those things that still bugs me today. Uh, we just, my dad tried to, we never could find them, and. Um, I see them. They sell those at Cracker Barrels. If you ever go to a Cracker Barrel, they sell those magnets. And every time I'm there, I almost buy one just because part of me still wants one, I think. <laughs> but um, I, I always like taking things apart, trying to figure out how things work. And I kind of do the same thing, you know, with with people, with circumstances, you know, with politics. You know, in politics, you see these politicians. You get up there and they just seem to lie and lie. And you're like, you know, why is this? And you know, and if you if you look deep enough, you can you know you can figure out why. One, uh, it's a power thing with a lot of them too. You know, they are beholding to all kinds of financial donors and things. And you know, as you start taking things apart and looking close, you can see why. And another thing too that you know I look at, especially as a pastor, and I'm sure you've you've looked into this, you've looked at this too, but just the wickedness. That's going on in our world. That's just absolutely running rampant. Have you ever, you know, maybe been listening to the news and you hear a horrible story about just something horrible that somebody's done, and you just think, how could they do that? How could they happen? Uh, how, how could that happen? How could people end up in this position? How do these things happen? I mean, there's been many times I've been listening to the radio and I just, I've got to turn it off. It just makes me sick. Some of the stories they're telling on there. You know, what is with these people? And a lot of times we'll use terms like, you know, these people they're just inhuman. You know, these people are just animals, and you know they have no soul. And we use a lot of terms that you know aren't theologically accurate. And usually we're not trying to be. We're just angry. We're upset, and we're confused at how people can get so bad. And how and as Christians, sometimes there's a lot of things that we say that are real popular. That aren't necessarily true, and and for example, and I'm very careful what what I'm saying here, and don't you know don't run around quoting me out of context or anything like that. But you know, one thing we say all the time is that anybody can get saved. Okay, now that's true. Any you know anybody who calls on the Lord can be saved. Correct. I mean that's. Clear in the Bible, it's not it's not God's will that any should perish. I hope I don't sound like a Calvinist tonight. I'm not a Calvinist, but at the same time, we see examples of people in the Bible that they did they just crossed the line, and that there was no turning back from. 
And even though maybe a person could be saved if they recognize they were a sinner. Okay, you, you think about the worst reprobate in the world. and you're gonna, If you don't know what they are, you'll know soon. You think about the worst reprobate in the world. If they would realize they were a sinner, if they would call on Christ, the blood of Christ does have the power to cleanse them from their sin. He, they could be saved if they did that, but here's the thing, they're not going to. They are not going to, and no matter what you try, you won't be able to get them to either. And I know that kind of sounds a little foreign, but let's look at... There's, we've got several verses we're going to look at tonight, and I think it will help us just understand what we're up against. Because we do, we read stories about guys like the Apostle Paul that we've been talking about on Wednesday, and you see how a guy like him got saved, and, it, and it sometimes you know, it gets us excited, we think, okay, anybody can be, be saved, and maybe you go after that really rotten person, you go after that really wicked person, and it just it doesn't happen, we feel like, you know, do I not have the power of God on my life? Is there something wrong with the power of God today? What's going on? And maybe that person is reprobate. Maybe that person is the son of Belial. And because of that, not saying they can't get saved, but I'm just going to tell you, they won't. They will not get saved. And let's let's look at some things. First of all, in Romans chapter 1 and verse 20, we've got a passage here, a familiar passage, where a lot of sins are named off. A lot of and uh, sins that... A lot of what it's talking about here is very common stuff that goes on today. But it says in verse 20 of chapter 1, "...for the invisible things of Him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even as eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse." I'm hoping here in the near future, I'm planning on doing a bunch of stuff you know, about creation. You know, I've I've got a lot of good material on that that I've been wanting to use, and really, when you you know, I feel like sometimes when we study for these things, the creation, it's like it's so hard to convince people, it's so hard to get them to see it. But the Bible says these things are clearly seen. Right? I mean, it, it's it is blatantly obvious that there is a creator. And you know what? There, I saw a preview for a movie. Um, that's coming out, a Christian movie that's coming out about creation versus evolution and where this guy is debating an evolutionist. And I, I haven't seen it yet. I just, saw, I just saw the preview. But you know, you just see how they're agonizing trying to convince these people. And you know, people will study and do all this preparation and it's like people can't figure it out. But you know, we, the Bible says these things are clearly seen. And let me tell you something. If you can't convince somebody that there is a Creator, it's not because you're not doing a good job you know, and telling them, it's because they're not looking. They don't want to see. And then it goes on, and we're not going to take time to read it. It's a familiar passage, but if you read the next several verses, you know, it just talks about all these horrible sins. It talks about all these horrible things people do. And, you know, it talks about things like homosexuality and stuff is mentioned in here. And then it goes on, let's, uh, let's look at verse. Uh, we'll go to verse 28. It says, and even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. You know the homosexuality that's going on in this world today. Just the you know the fornication, the wickedness. The I mean, just all the garbage that's going on that people seem completely clueless about. I just I was listening to local radio yesterday. Something's wrong with my radio. I'm my truck. I'm about the only station I can get. 
is a local radio, and I was listening to it, and there was one of these, you know, psychologists on the radio. It wasn't Dr. Laura, but it was somebody like her, and I was just listening to the advice she's giving these people, and it was awful. I mean, I you know, this lady she sounded so intelligent, but what she was saying was so stupid. I just couldn't believe I could not believe the advice she was given. And she's talking about all these relationships. And most of these relationships, the way she's explaining and the way she's talking about it, you know, it's for you know, she kept talking about, you know, your partner. Not spouse. Okay? You know, it's just accepted now that people are going to shack up. And you know, when you say partner too, you know, they use that term because that can include you know what? I hate to even mention it in the house of God. But it's just that you know how perverted and how corrupt our world is today. And people have just accepted it. And you look at that and you think, how could they fall for this? How can they not see through this? How is that? And the Bible says that God gave them over to a reprobate mind. What does that word reprobate mean? Well, there's a couple different definitions of it. It means rejected or worthless or just cast away. A person who is a reprobate basically is somebody that's been rejected. Oh, God wouldn't reject anybody. Now, God rejected. There's a lot, there's a lot of examples we can go through in the Bible where God rejected people from different things, and we're, I mean, just God said no. They're rejected, worthless means to you know to, to abhor, to cast away, despise, disdain, to become loathsome. To, you know, a reprobate, an utterly vile person. There was somebody in the Bible, his name was Jambres, and it talk, the Bible talks about it in the book of, uh, I've got it somewhere here in my notes, but it talks about Janus and Jambres that withstood Moses. That name, Jambres, one of them, it means basically bitter or a rebel. Um, and then the uh, Bible also referred to them as sons of Belial. That's another term we're going to be looking at. And that term, sons of uh, Belial or Belial, it means without profit, worthlessness. Uh, I mean, you know, off, I mean, just evil, naughty, ungodly, wicked. And wicked basically just means lawless. And that's the world that we live in today. People are just absolutely lawless. You know, you and I, you know, we've got some just different laws and things that we bind ourselves to. You know, we believe in marriage before you know the physical relationship. We believe in you know we believe in those things. We bind ourselves to those things. We have decency, morality. We're not going to go. You know, if we if we need money for something, we're not going to go steal. We're not going to go take from somebody else. We have. A law within ourselves, even if you know, like obviously we've got some laws, you know, in our community against stealing. But at the same time, there's plenty of opportunities to steal where law enforcement's not going to catch you, where there's really nothing they can do about it. They can't see everything we do. But some of us, we have a law within us that says, no, we're not going to steal. We're not going to do that. Some people, they don't have that. They have no problem taking. The only thing stopping them from stealing is the thought of a policeman catching them. It's the thought of prison. They don't care. It doesn't matter. And the wickedness that's in our world today is just—it's almost beyond understanding. If we could fully understand the wickedness that was that's in our world today, it would be inappropriate to even speak of it in church. And many have this attitude that because we're all sinners. We're all equally sinful. 
Listen, we are all equally guilty of sinning against God. Okay, We've all sinned against God. The Bible teaches that. You broke one commandment, you broke them all as far as guilty of breaking the law. We've all done that. But all sins are not equal. There's so many examples we could give in the Bible. Some things are an abomination. Some things were worthy of death. Some things were worthy of smiting. Some things, you know, I mean, there was different penalties for different laws because some things were worse than others. So to help us understand just the wickedness that's going on around us today, we're going to look at these people in the, that the Bible calls reprobates and sons of Belial. So first of all, who are these people? How do we explain them? Basically, they are those who are have been rejected and are beyond repair. Go to Jeremiah chapter 6, verse 30. We're going to show some examples in the Bible. God's talking about Israel here. They've done wicked. I mean, Israel, they've been idolatrous. They've disobeyed God over and over again. You just you read through the history of Israel. They rejected God time after time. They went after idols time after time. God would try to bless them. He would forgive them. And finally, though, God said in Jeremiah 6, verse 30, Reprobate silver shall men call them, because the Lord hath rejected them. Reprobate silver. Basically, that means silver that's just with precious metals, things like silver and gold. One of the things that they'll do is they will melt that down after they mine it to get rid of all the impurities. And there's some of that that's out there, gold and silver, that has so much junk in it, it's basically worthless. If you were to go and try to get rid of all the impurities, you're basically going to lose everything because it's nothing but impurities. It's reprobate silver. It's worthless. It's good for nothing. And God said that's what Israel is going to be called reprobate silver. Good for nothing. It can't be fixed. It can't be done for used for anything. And the Jews, and then they were only fit for rejection, and they were God allowed them to be taken captive, and I mean all kinds of horrible things happening. Those who are rejected beyond repair. Romans chapter one verse twenty eight. Even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind. There are people out there that they have they have rejected the law of God so much. The Bible says that he that being often reproved and hardeneth his neck shall suddenly be destroyed and that without remedy. There are some things that can't be fixed. That are beyond fixing. And the Bible says that there are those that God just He gave them over to a reprobate mind. It's just kind of basically... Sometimes God allows people to do things, but it doesn't mean He's okay with it. It doesn't mean that He's for it. Did you know many of the people that are living these wicked lifestyles today have some happiness? They seem fine. Seems like everything's going great. You and I are like, man, if I did that, I couldn't live with myself. But they seem to be fine with it. You know why? God gave them over to a reprobate mind. I'm no, you know, if I told you, if you know, if you came to me after church today and you said, brother Tommy, you know, we're we're leaving church, we're done with church, we don't think church is necessary anymore. Okay, and that's you. If you did that, and people do this type of thing all the time, what would you know? And then let's just say time goes on and. As a result of you leaving church, of course, your spirituality goes downhill. 
Maybe your family starts to fall apart. Your marriage breaks up. Your kids grow up and don't want to have anything to do with you. And they go and they live a life of sin. And then you end up getting divorced and your your life's just a wreck. And you're on drugs and, and you're a drunkard and you end up in, in rehab. Now you would think that if... Okay, that, that takes 10 years for that to happen. In 10 years I go visit you. You would think that... If that was, if you saw that happen to somebody else, boy, they're really going to be sorry for making that decision, wouldn't you? You would think that, man, they they must realize now that they've done wrong. Did you know that people don't? I've seen so many people they get away from God, they go make horrible mistakes, and I mean their life just literally falls apart. And I look at it, and I'm thinking it scares me from ever wanting to get out of the will of God. But if you go talk to those people, they're fine with where they're at. To me, one of the most devastating things in the world would be for my marriage to fall apart. For me to lose my children and for my children to end up in sin. That's one of the most devastating things I can think of. Yet many people are there today and they're okay with it. It doesn't bother them. I like to think that I wouldn't be able to sleep. But yet, they sleep just fine. How is that? How do they live with that? Reprobate mind. God gave them over to it. Okay, fine. You can have that. And you know what? Enjoy it. But you know what? I'm done. I'm done dealing with you about it. You know why you and I feel that way right now? Because we have the Holy Spirit. He convicts us. The Holy Spirit tells us not to do those things. And he, but the Holy Spirit sometimes He'll say, enough's enough. I'm not dealing with you anymore. And He does. He will leave those people alone. Their lives will be destroyed. And it's not like you think. They don't come crying back on their hands and knees like, what did I do? They go on their way just fine. Preachers tell the stories all the time about you know people coming back and you know crying and so upset that they got away from God. But that's not usually what happens. Usually they end up reprobates. They end up Worthless. They accomplish nothing. They never. I'm not saying they lose their salvation. You can't lose your salvation, but they never do anything for God. They never accomplish anything. They they never get restored. Why? A reprobate mind. Rejected. Also, another group that we see that we would call reprobate are those who fight for wickedness and against righteousness. Second Timothy chapter three verse seven says, "Ever learning." never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Now as Janus and Jambres withstood Moses, so do these men also resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds reprobate concerning the faith. But they shall proceed no further, for their folly shall be manifest unto all men as theirs also was. When Moses was there in Exodus trying to do right, the Old Testament doesn't name these guys. But remember, if you read in the Old Testament, whenever Moses would do a miracle... He'd turn the water into blood or whatever. There were Pharaoh's men that would do the same thing. The New Testament tells us what these men's names are. These guys were working against Moses. They were working, they were causing Pharaoh to harden his heart. Moses would do a miracle. He would tell Pharaoh, This is what God wants. And then these guys would go do the same thing and tell Pharaoh, Don't listen to Moses. These guys were literally, they're speaking against Moses. Moses is trying to lead the people right. These guys are, they're the ones standing up, leading for wickedness, leading against, fighting against 
righteousness. First Samuel chapter ten verse twenty-seven. If you uh, remember the story, whenever uh, you know Samuel came and went to anoint the king, and the Bible talks about in uh, chapter ten verse twenty-seven that there were certain sons of Belial that spoke against him. The sons of Belial, they're always ones opening their mouth. You know, there are some people out there today that are doing pretty that are, that are wicked. They just don't know any better. Okay, they've never been taught. There's people today that are living in some sick immorality, and they they literally they don't really know better. They've been listening to whoever that lady was on the radio I was listening to yesterday. They've been listening to people like that. They've been watching. You know, they get their you know advice from. The View or Ellen or you know, some of those people like that. They 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 watch that. They and they don't know any better. They've never been taught. And a lot of those people, when you go to them with the word of God, you can teach those people. Even they're doing some they're living some pretty wicked lifestyles. If you give them the word of God, they will get saved. They will clean their act up. That that happens all the time. They just don't know any better. But then there's another group out there. There's the reprobates that not only are doing the same thing, but they're always trying to get everybody else to do it too. For example, a lot you know a lot of the homosexual crowd. There's a there for there's all they've always been around. There's always been people that have given in to some of the disgusting desires of the flesh. And you know what they would do things that were horrible, but they were ashamed of it. They kept it to themselves. I'm not saying it was right. It was still wrong. And they're bad. And you know what? I believe those people can be saved. But then you've got those out there, the recruiters that are out there. You've got those that are always speaking up and that are just loud mouths about it. You've got the Rosie O'Donnells out there. They just promote this. They're always yelling about it, making a big deal. I believe those people are reprobates. People that just—I don't think. I mean, you could—we could get them in here. We could preach to them for ten hours. We could show them every Bible verse. And you know what they're going to do? They're going to get angry. They're going to take. Maybe casting our pearls before swine. They're just going to trample them under their feet. They're going to turn again. They're going to rend us. They're going to say horrible things about you know those bigoted, homophobic people. They're going to say all these horrible things about us. Why? Because they're reprobates. And you know what? They really believe they're standing for something that's right. They really believe they're standing for equal rights when they talk about things that just don't. I mean, it doesn't. You know, homosexual marriage doesn't even make sense. It makes absolutely no sense at all. But yet they believe in it, and they promote it. Some they're content to just do their own creepy thing behind closed doors. And but then there's others though. They do. They just got to recruit everybody else. They've got to get everybody else doing the same thing. They're always the first ones opening their mouth. Whenever you see sons of Belial and you see reprobates mentioned in the Bible, they're always running their mouth. They're always trying to get everyone else to do wrong. They're not content to just do wrong on their own. They want everybody else doing it. Why is it? It's it's just like drugs. Most people, most young people especially, the first time they did drugs, they were with friends. First time they smoked a cigarette, they were with friends. The first time they drank a beer, they were with friends. Why is it so important to their friends to get them to do those things? People don't want to sin by themselves. 
And there are those out there that they do. They just want to drag everybody into it. And they're reprobates. There's also those that are not they're, they're not content to do wickedness by themselves. Go to Deuteronomy chapter 13. Deuteronomy chapter 13. This kind of goes right along with the last point. Deuteronomy chapter 13, verse 13. It says, Certain men, the children of Belial, are gone out from among you and have withdrawn the inhabitants of their city, saying, Let us go and serve other gods which ye have not known. Then shalt thou inquire and make search and ask diligently, and behold, if it be true, and the thing certain that such abomination is wrought among you. What these guys were promoting, what these guys were trying to get people to do, the Bible calls an abomination. And notice, they weren't content to just go out by themselves. That happens in church sometimes. There'll be somebody in the church, they don't like something that's going on, and they're not content to just leave by themselves. They've got to take as many people as they can with them. You know what? Those are reprobates. Sons of Belial. The devil can get, he gets those people in churches. They were amongst the children of Israel. These are people that walked through the Red Sea. These can be people that get baptized in our baptistry. People who can be members in our church. They can, they can sneak in, they can creep in unawares and they're absolutely wicked. They're absolutely worthless when it comes to, to doing good. And you know what they'll eventually do is as soon as they get an opportunity, they are going to try to pull as many people away as they can. And that's what they did here. Trying to get let's go serve other gods. Why couldn't they just go serve other gods? If that's what if that's what they feel is the right thing to do, why don't they just go serve other gods? Okay, if if somebody thinks it's okay to have a, you know, if a man thinks it's okay to have a relationship with a man, why can't he just go do his thing by himself? Why does he have to make it a big thing? Why do they have to bring it up? Why does it have to be the first thing that they say about themselves? Why is that? It's because they're reprobates. They're not content to do it on their own. And have you noticed now that that crowd is making people who've been in the closet feel like cowards. Well, you're, you're a coward. You need to come out. Why? Why do they need to do that? Why do they need that? Why is it so important to them? Because reprobates. They recruit people to do wicked. And sons of Belial. And I'm telling you, they're all, they're, just, they're all over the place. They've always been around. They're not content to do wickedness by themselves. 2 Samuel chapter 20, verse 1. 2 Samuel chapter 20 and verse 1. It says, And there happened to be there a man of Belial, whose name was Sheba, the son of Bitri, a Benjamite, and he blew a trumpet and said, We have no part in David, neither have we inheritance in the son of Jesse, every man to his tents, O Israel. Here's a guy that tried to lead a rebellion against David. What does he do? He blows a trumpet. Bible called him a man of Belial. Why? He's making a lot of noise. Why did he blow the trumpet? He wants everybody's attention. Those reprobates, they want everybody's attention. They're gonna, they're gonna get, they're gonna be all over the news. They're gonna have the TV programs. They're gonna do whatever they can to get as many, you know, Twitter followers or Facebook friends. Why? Because they want to blow their trumpet and they want to lead people down the wrong path. 
He said, and he was trying to get a following for himself. He was trying to take over the kingdom. And what did the Bible call him? A man of Belial. And you know who these guys, when you read all these stories, you know who they always got? They always got the simple minded. They got those void of understanding. A lot of people that just didn't know any better, that went with the flow. And you know what? Who is the biggest crowd that's being used and recruited today? I mean, it's that, those college age kids. <laughs> I mean, boy, you know, I think, you know, college, you know, high school, college, I almost think that's why the drugs and the drinking thing is so big today. I think it's to dumb them down so they can recruit them to all their stupidity. It's just it's amazing the amount of wickedness that's coming it comes from college campuses today. I mean it's just it's crazy. I mean I mean they're like recruiting grounds anymore, and they're being very successful. Why do they work so hard with that age group? Because they don't have a whole lot of understanding. They don't have a whole lot of life experience. They just came out of a house where they had to follow rules. Where mom and dad told them what to do, and now they are being enlightened and being told, hey, nobody should be able to tell you what to do. What, your parents punished you? How dare they do that? Hey, you know, everything's okay. If you feel like doing it, do it. They go after those that are young and impressionable, those who are void of understanding, and they use them. And we see young people today just being used like crazy. And, you know, same thing happens too, even in churches. When a lot of, uh, whenever some new. Fad comes through that you know some false doctrine. Ever who is it the first one to pick it up and start running with it and running their mouths about it? It's the young guys. It's always the young guys because this void of understanding. And then you got those sons of Belial out there that they they prey on those people. And there's many examples of that in the Bible. Jeroboam. That was an example of that. I think we might be mentioning him in a little bit. I might not have put him in the notes, but when he went and they split the kingdom, he did. He went and got those that were just void of understanding. He recruited them. He didn't go after those that were wise, those who had their act together. Went after the foolish. But also, those reprobate sons of Belial, those are those that do, it's those that do the unspeakable and the unimaginable. If you look in Judges chapter 19, yeah, there's, we're not going to read the whole story, but there's a, it's a really a horrible, horrible story that's in, that's in our Bible. Just something horrible that happens to a woman. And it says in verse 22, Now, as they were making their hearts merry, behold, the men of the city, certain sons of Belial, beset the house round about and beat at the door and spake to the master of the house, the old man saying, Bring forth the man that came into thine house that we may know him. I think you know what that means. That's they were wanting to do something very inappropriate to that man. In Judges chapter twenty, verse thirteen, it says, "Now therefore deliver us the men, the children of Belial, which are in Gibeah, that we may put them to death and put away evil from Israel." What these men went and did was absolutely disgusting. It was absolutely horrible what they did. And you know what? It was so bad. They said, you know, we've got to get rid of these men. That that kind of evil we cannot have in Israel. And if you read the story, Benjamin, they tried to protect him. I mean, there was there was a lot of bloodshed. A lot of people died because of these men and what went on. And I mean, I mean, they they had to get that kind of wickedness out of their land. 
It was horrible. The Bible calls them sons of Belial. They were worthless. God didn't say to them in that situation, you know, there's death penalties in the Bible that God gave. God didn't say, hey, listen, if somebody kills somebody, you need to set up an organization that can test some medication on these people so they won't want to kill people anymore. He didn't tell you you need to put them through a rehab thing or have them take an anger management class. There were some things that if people did it, the Bible said they've got to go. And we still kind of have death penalty in some places in our country. And honestly, there are so many people sitting behind bars in prison today that we are spending just millions of dollars on tax money and literally they can't be let go. They'll admit, I will kill again. I will do all these horrible things again. And literally, I mean, biblically, these people, they need to be... There's people out there that need to be put down. The death penalty, it was something that was instituted by God. And it was something that it talks about in the New Testament as well as the Old Testament. I preached a whole message just on the death penalty showing from the Old Testament and the New Testament why it was right then and it's still right today. And there are people that aren't. They're rejected. They are beyond repair. There are some of the perverts that are out there. Their minds have been so corrupted and they've been so twisted, there is no turning back for those people. That's why we got to be careful what we allow into our minds and into our eyes. You don't, you don't want to go down that road. And there's people, they, just locking them up to me is, 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 doesn't really make sense forever. Just, they need to be removed from this planet. I know that sounds terrible, but that's biblical. You know, we're told a lot of flowery, feel goody stuff a lot of times in churches today that just doesn't line up with scripture. And there are those that they do the unspeakable, they do the unimaginable. And there's nothing there's nothing that can be done except put them away. No, everybody deserves a chance. No. No, they don't. There's some they've gone they've just gone too far. There's those who will do wickedness. Even in sanctified places, look at First Samuel chapter one, verse fourteen. I think this is interesting. First Samuel chapter one and verse fourteen. Did you know? You know, most many people out there. You know, one of the reasons they won't come to church. I've had many people tell me this before, and they're joking, but at the same time, I know what they're saying. Is I'm like, I can't visit your church. If I did, this roof would cave in on me. Do you know what they're saying? They're saying. Hey, I know I'm not a very good person. They're saying I've got some serious problems, and I don't believe those people are sons of Belial. They at least recognize that they have a problem. I was here one time talking to some fellows, and one of them they weren't they weren't they were visiting for something else that didn't have anything to do with church, and one of them slipped and he used a pretty bad word. And and when he when he said it, he's thinking, and all the other guys just kind of they got real quiet and they looked at him like. Church, you know, and he's, and you just saw him just, oh, uh, you know, he it, it shocked him. You know why? Because you know he he uses a lot of probably uses a lot of filthy language normally. But if he'd have been thinking about it, he wouldn't have done it in a church. I talked to a fellow one time. I was a guy I worked with. He was a funny character, and his girlfriend went to an apostolic church, and they're really strict on a, on a lot of things. And he was telling me about how one time uh, she took a picture during a wedding. And they like stopped the wedding and said, You do not take pictures during weddings. 
and she was humiliated and started crying. And anyway, he said one time it was after church, and they were they were talking to the pastor and just you know having a normal conversation, and he accidentally slipped and used a curse word, and he just he felt horrible about it. He got these you know his girlfriend just about killed him after he did that. You know why they do that? Because they understand that a church it's a special place, it's a sanctified place, and there's certain things they would not do in a church. There's things they wouldn't do maybe even out in public. There's things they wouldn't do in front of children. But you know what? There's people out there that just don't care. They don't care where they're at. I was going into Walmart the other day and I'm just walking in there and this lady, you know, a middle-aged lady, you think by, you know, then she's going to start, you know, have a little bit of class. And she starts and just blurts out this terrible word. And when she did, I just looked at her and she kind of looked at me, and I just <laughs> I did that and kept walking. You know, she should be ashamed of herself. We were in the gas station the other day. My wife was telling me about it, and this guy was in there, and he had his kids, and he's using filthy language to his kids right there in a public place. Didn't care. Didn't matter where he was at. And you know, in First Samuel chapter one, verse fourteen, we're not going to take time to read the story, but you remember the story. Hannah was in there, and she she's broken hearted. She's there. She's praying, asking the Lord to give her a child, and she's so broken up. She's crying so hard. Eli saw her, and he thought that she was drunk. And if you look at verse fourteen. Eli said unto her, How long wilt thou be drunken? Put away thy wine from thee. And Hannah answered and said, No, my lord, I am a woman of sorrowful spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor strong drink, but I have poured out my soul before the Lord. Count not thine handmaid for a daughter of Belial, for out of the abundance of my complaint and grief have I spoken hitherto. You know what she was saying? I'm not a daughter of Belial. I'm not the type of person that would come into the house of the Lord drunk. And you know what? There's people, they would. It wouldn't matter to them one bit. They don't care. It does. It wouldn't bother them at all. They will do wickedness in sanctified places. And I tell you, I've just, it's blows my mind just the disrespect some people have these days for the house of God. The disrespect they have you know, for women and children and just in public places. Some of the shirts that people wear. Some of the bumper stickers that people have on their cars. It's absolutely disgusting. It's like, how could they do that? Reprobates. And listen, the goal of this message isn't so we can go ahead and reprobate. You know, rep- you know, it's, not, it's not about doing that. But I just want you to understand that there are those people. They are out there. And they are growing in number today. And it, this needs to help us understand what we are up against. And honestly, you know, we got and be careful not to go casting your pearls before swine. We need to go after those, you know, you know maybe you know those who are just you, that are kind of on the edge. They haven't, you know, especially those that are young. We've got to get to them before they get into college, because they're going to be. I mean, they're going to have so much garbage shoved down their throat. It's not even funny. Reprobates. There are also those who push and promote lies. First Kings chapter twenty one. First Kings chapter twenty one. In verse nine through thirteen. First Kings twenty one, if I can find it. it. Says, and she wrote in the letters saying, Proclaim a fast and set Naboth on high, 
among the people and set two men, sons of Belial, before him to bear witness against him, saying, Thou didst blaspheme God and the king. You know who was saying that? That was Jezebel. We all know who Jezebel is. One of the most wicked women that ever lived. I mean, just a horrible, horrible wicked woman. And you know what she said? They wanted Naboth's vineyard. Remember, Ahab was thrown a fit. He didn't get Naboth's vineyard. Jezebel comes with a plan. Hey, here's how we can get it. And Jezebel tells she says, let's go get two men. Sons of Belial. Why did they need to get that? Because what decent person is going to get up and make a lie about somebody like that? What kind of de- what decent person would get up and say that some innocent person had blasphemed God? They knew, hey, if we're going to get somebody to tell a lie, we've got to get a dirtbag. We've got to get somebody who's just evil, somebody worthless, somebody rejected, and that's exactly what they did. You read it, they went and they found some sons of Belial. And you know what? There's people out there that'll do that. That they will lie and it won't bother them one bit. I mean, there's people out there that will lie. I think they could pass a lie detector test. I mean, no conscience doesn't bother them at all. And the Bible calls them sons of Belial. 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5 and 8 says, Examine yourselves whether ye be in the faith. Prove your own selves. Know ye not your own selves how that Jesus Christ uh, that Jesus Christ is in you, except ye be reprobates. But I trust that ye shall know that we are not reprobates. Now I pray to God that ye do no evil, not that we should appear approved, but that ye should do that which is honest, though we be as reprobates. For we can do nothing against the truth, but for the truth. If you're a Christian, you're not going to be able to do that. There are some things that Christians just can't do. Okay, A Christian... A true Christian cannot just get up on a week-to-week basis and tell people that hey, if you want to get to heaven, you've got to do the seven sacraments. You've got to you know go to communion. You've got to take go to confession. You've got to get sprinkled. A saved person can't do that. They cannot. They. I mean, I just I can't imagine just getting up and lying like that to people. You have to be reprobate. You have to have just. Reject the truth. You know, there's people standing behind pulpits with Bibles in front of them preaching things that are so contrary to the Word of God and it doesn't bother them. How can that be? God gave them over to a reprobate mind. That does happen to people. How can those politicians just lie like that and lie and lie with all that proof right there? Reprobates. I mean, I would think that if I got up and I I had to lie like that, I remember just recently, you know, Obama's press secretary, Jay Carney, that guy quit his job. And I got to thinking about that would be the worst job in the world. Because here we have a president that just does whatever he wants, and he's got to go out all the time and talk to the media and try to make him look good. What a horrible job. And I thought if I would watch him get up there and talk to these people and try to answer these questions, and I would think if I got up and I said that, I would feel so bad. I think when I walked out, I would be thrown up all over the place. I I could not do that. Get up and say what he's saying and not that just not tear my conscience apart. But you know, and, and maybe he could maybe he couldn't do it. Maybe that's why he quit. Maybe the guy's not a reprobate. Maybe the guy had has a little bit of something inside of him. Maybe he still has a chance. 
But there, but there are some people though, it doesn't bother them one bit. They will push those lies. They will promote those lies. The Bible says in Revelation 22.15, For without, outside of heaven, are sorcerers, whoremongers, murderers, idolaters, and whosoever loveth and maketh a lie. There's those out there who they have believed lies. Not on purpose. Okay, They, they just believed it. They're innocent. Those are the ones we've got to get the truth to. But there's those out there that they love that lie. And not only do they love it, they made it. They created that lie. Who are those people? They're reprobates. They're sons of Belial. Their father is the devil who is a liar. And he is the father of all lies. There's those that they just can't do good no matter how hard they try. Titus chapter 1 and verse 16. Titus chapter 1 verse 16. We'll close with this. Titus chapter 1. In verse 16, says, They profess that they know God, but in works they deny Him, being abominable and disobedient and unto every good work reprobate. There, listen, there's some people out there, the reason they can't seem to just make it in church, the reason they can't seem to make it in life, no matter how hard they try, Bible says in every good work they're reprobate. In other words, they're worthless. They are worthless. They're rejected. I'm trying. I'm trying to do the right thing, but you know what? They're trying to do it their own way. They've rejected God's way over and over again. You can try to show them what the Scripture says. They will not change what they're doing. And when it comes to accomplishing anything good, they're worthless. Reprobate. I know these things sound so harsh, and you're not going to hear them. You know. You know, Joel Osteen will not steal my message. Okay, he I, he will not take this and preach it. He will not use those verses. They're not popular, but they're true. They're all over the Bible. We see examples of that of people who cross lines. And sometimes I think as Christians we get and we've got ourselves in this fairy tale world where everybody's good. They've got it in there somewhere. Everybody, you know, everybody can make it. Everybody's, you know, can. No, there's some... It's too late for them. They need to be locked away. They need to be put away. We need, we need to forget them. There's going to be people that are going to come to the church that they're reprobates. Sons of Belial. They're going to cause trouble. They're going to do absolutely nothing good. They're only going to do harm. They're going to want to try to bring as, take as many people as they can with them. Who are these people? The Bible talks about them. Old Testament, New Testament. It calls them reprobates. Sons of Belial. Boy, you know, we, we there's people you pray for them. You just pray and you pray. Doesn't do any good. You can preach and preach. You can do whatever, and it just it doesn't work. I I know people. They grew up in church. They heard the preaching all their life. They went to Christian schools. They went to Bible colleges, and yet they they're more wicked today than most kids who grew up in a lost home. Why? They, I believe they're worse because they rejected all their life. And I think it's too late for some of them. I'd rather go after somebody out there that's never heard the Gospel. Somebody who's never been taught. They've got a chance. So, hopefully now you understand who reprobates and sons of Belial are. So, let's all stand together.